Oh my gosh. Hello, hello, beautiful humans. I'm Kayla. And I'm Ashley. Welcome to your soul. Welcome. A podcast of belonging for humans exploring their deepest heart. to be here with us just delighted <laughs> because this podcast is like hopefully like you having a new set of besties in your back pocket to Yay. do life with and we're delighted to be doing life with you too absolutely today we are talking about a topic that comes straight from one of you guys in our community mm-hmm. one of our listeners tiffany from nebraska said that I think what you do is amazing, but sometimes I don't always buy into the whole self-love thing, but that's because I'm coming from a place where my self-love is broken. I know. And that just like... I get it. uh, It hurt my heart, but it's also like so relatable. Absolutely. So we wanted to focus this week's episode on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've titled this week's episode, do you want to say it? How do you fix broken self-love? How do you do it? That is what we are exploring today. I also wanted to give out two trigger warnings just in case um, for people listening, if these are sensitive topics, we'll be lightly talking about self-harm and suicidal thoughts. I don't know that we'll like deep dive into those. I just know that they're a part of my history for sure. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to let people know in case that if that's not where your head's at today, then I can appreciate that. Yeah, and absolutely. And you are, yeah, free to take care of yourself and feel safe however it is necessary for you, my love. Self-safety. Self-safety is so important. So important. So that is what we are speaking about today is how do you fix broken self-love? So thank you to Tiffany for giving us that beautiful comment so that we can talk about things that matter to you guys. Absolutely. And also thank you, Tiffany, for being super vulnerable. That's super important. And I know that sometimes it's not easy being vulnerable and saying those kinds of things and, um, we really, really, really appreciate you. Um, it's so true. I know. Because even though we started a podcast where we're now kind of requiring ourselves to be vulnerable, <gasps> I totally recognize how hard it is to be vulnerable because it's hard for us sometimes too. Absolutely. So we're we're all in this together, you guys. We're all in this. Oh, maybe I shouldn't sing it. It might be a copyright issue. Oh, Just yeah. kidding. <laughs> originals only yep i have it stuck in my head now so i can't even try to sing because that's all that will come out (laughs) i got that anyways moving on um my first thought when you brought up that comment um in hearing tiffany's comment about having broken self-love 
in relating it back to myself was that, you know, growing up or looking back to my own kind of self was that my self-love didn't feel broken when I was younger. It just didn't feel really like it existed. You know what I mean? It, it felt like at best it was, I had some self indifference and that was at best a lot of the time. Um, Cause like your self love couldn't feel broken if it didn't exist. Yeah. That makes sense. And uh, at worst, there was a lot of, you know, self hatred or self loathing. So much self loathing. Yeah. A lot of, um, I did a lot of things to try. You know, I, I was a very much a perfectionist. I worked really, really hard on getting really good grades and doing all the right things and um, not getting in trouble and just trying to please everyone all the time and mm-hmm. um, making sure I was a good kid. I get that but, vibe. Yeah, but like for but for what? Like for, for who? For who? I thought I was, you know, maybe for my parents, but they were busy and and working and um just trying to take care of us and it was I thought that you know, looking back on it now, I I probably was just doing it for me, but I I I didn't value it. It it wasn't giving me any joy. joy yeah like I wasn't having pride in the things that I was doing I was having panic at at the stress I was putting myself under I totally relate to that it's um it's interesting because that perfectionist note totally resonates with me yeah. I was always known as the smart kid oh yeah or the I don't know. The one who was always writing all of the good notes or whatever. And I think that where my perspective of self-love really began to deepen and sink in, not not like my first forays into self-love, because we'll talk about that in a moment, like what self-love looked like for me at Mm -hmm. the very fucking beginning. Right. Um, But I think it truly started to make sense, like – in my body and like really sink in when I stopped letting external things be what I measured my worth by. Yeah. Like those external things that we are a perfectionist with or that we wanted to be a good student for mm-hmm. or wanted to be like a well-respected teacher or professional. Right, right. Um, When I stopped using those things as the metrics by which I was measuring myself, right. then – I started being able to feel more self-worth from just who I was and how I was doing things, not the what I was doing. Right. So was I doing it with joy? Was I doing it with the purpose of trying to like pursue peace and create self-safety for myself? Mm -hmm. And that realization didn't happen for me until like maybe two years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was still really trying to force external things to validate me. Yeah. And 
Well, I mean, even with this podcast, yeah. I've been like low key stopping myself from looking at how many watches we have on YouTube or how oh, many listens yeah? we have. Um, because I know how easy it is to slip into that role yeah. of letting external data or external mm-hmm. results color how I feel about myself. Well, and especially coming from the teaching world, boy, do they ingrain that in us so hard. Your students ha- must perform. Your students must perform. They must score on the test. They must. They must. They must. Your students must score, and then they must score better, and then they must score better, and they must score better on the next test, and the mm-hmm. next test, and the next test, because that is a reflection of you and your so worth as a teacher. I feel like there's a whole episode on like the public education system brewing in like Ooh. our little in between comments. Yes. We'll- We'll get salty about America's public education system some other time. Not today. (laughs) So no matter where your feelings of perfectionism or desires for external validation are coming from, whether that is in the teaching profession or wherever you are or however your parents raised you, um, that's what we're digging into today is yeah. that idea of how do you fix self-love when it's broken or when it feels like it doesn't exist at all. Right. So. Um, oh, Ashley, you've got a bullet point here. Oh, yeah. The other thing that I was talking about, the other thing that I mentioned was that um, that I wanted to bring up. Growing up, I didn't have a lot of examples of women in my life that showed me what self-love was. Um, And I got to thinking about this a little bit more since we talked. Um, You know, there's a lot of articles about moms being in the photos, right? Mm. Get in the photos with your kids. Get in the photos with your kids. Um, My mom wasn't in a lot of the photos when I was younger. And I mean, neither were my grandmas or my aunts or, I mean, there was just, there, there was a lot of um, dialogue about their self-image or their self-worth that was real negative and about how they viewed themselves. And now they they don't talk the same way now Mm-mm. as they did when i was younger thank goodness you know what i mean because now, everyone is evolving yes, everyone is evolving and and they have so much more self-worth now than they did then and i got to thinking i remember um there was a lot of like a lot of it had to do with weight right like mm-hmm. so many things mm-hmm. do And I remember at one point in my childhood, my mom had, um, you know, lost some weight and she was really feeling herself. And my Mm -hmm. aunt took some, some like saucy pictures of my mom. Oh, spicy. Oh, yeah. And I was like, ew, mom. Gross. (laughs) And she like put them in frames and like put them in her bedroom and she put, put some up in the house. And I was like, mom. Oh my gosh. Look at her. Right. But at the time, I was like mortified. I was like, mom gross. Put those away. Right. She was not naked. You could not see anything. Mm -hmm. But I was just mortified. And now, mom, I'm sorry. Okay. You were feeling yourself. (laughs) And I love that for you. 
I'm proud of you. It's true. Yeah. And it's, I definitely relate to that idea of being raised with the belief that like your body has to look a certain way before you're allowed or should feel confident in showing it or celebrating it. Yes. And thank goodness we're moving away from that rhetoric um, to small or large degrees, depending on what circles you're engaging with that yeah. narrative. Um, I just think it's nice that even in older generations, like we're seeing more, more confidence. Yes. My mom doesn't try and hide from pictures nearly as much Yay. as she did in my childhood. And I am so proud of her yes. for that. Um, that may also be my sister and I for a while weren't letting her. Yeah. Um, Cause she would try and like pose herself behind us in pictures. And we're like, nope, you're in the front row with us. Yep. Like, nope. You don't get to hide behind us. Yeah. You're out here too with us. <laughs> yes. So it's just so, so beautiful to like watch your mother figure or parental yes. figure have more confidence and yes. feel better about themselves in their own bodies and with their own mental health. I mm -hmm. think that that's so beautiful. For sure. Um, But to your point that, that you didn't have examples of self-love in the women around you. Mm -hmm. That that can be pretty powerful. The absence of a model to follow can impact you more widely than a, a negative model, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ab absence speaks, I guess, is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Well, especially when there is an absence in in what you have personally in your life. And, and then the only thing really that you do have is media right and growing up as a child in the 90s the media we did have was real fat phobic um, as fuck. real fat phobic real gross so gross mm -hmm. low rise jeans and bones oh like the like the hip bone hip bones yeah I, no shade to low-rise jeans because I know they're back and people are into that. So and no shade. If you love that, like. And no shade to people who, who are real skinny. Like, no shade to you either. I just, I am, I was, I am not built like that. There are many body types and I'm glad that things are starting to turn a corner here with mm -hmm. more representation of different sizes yeah. and shapes and colors yeah. and identities i think that that's really beautiful yeah it was real challenging for me when i was younger because my sister was built my sister is six years older than me and she's built very different than i oh. am she is very very thin mm -hmm. um and she was taller than me i mean always i'm i'm real short and stout here is my handle here is my spout um <laughs> But my sister's gorgeous and she's thin and that's great for her and and I'm not. And that's also great for me. Like that's fine for me. Mm -hmm. But growing up that was really hard for me because I got compared to my sister a lot um, body-wise mm -hmm. in my family. And, you know, in my friend group they'd meet my sister and they'd be like – that's your sister? How's that your sister? You, Your sister looks nothing like you. I'm like, well, my sister and I don't have the same dad. 
Mm, I mean, so, yes, genetics can yeah. play a very large <laughs> role. So, but I do remember that too, and that was always really challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no matter what challenges that you are experiencing, because I know that there are as many challenges for straight-sized women. Mm-hmm. Whatever challenges that you are experiencing or feelings, big feelings that you have about yourself and your body, like those are all welcome here. Absolutely. We we happen to be two bigger sized bodied people talking on this mm-hmm. podcast. Um but that's not at all excluding anyone else's truth or story here because self-love is for everyone. Absolutely. And the absence of self-love or Feeling like your self-love is broken or, yeah, absent, like I said, yeah. or like Ashley said, like that's that's impactful no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. And we are here to talk about fixing it for everyone. Yeah. Let me. Oh, we talked about, we didn't specifically address diet culture, so I guess we can bring that in here because I know that for me, diet culture was a big hurdle between me and feeling loved and feeling like I could love myself Mm -hmm. because with diet culture there's not just like this image that your body is wrong Mm -hmm. but also you need to like starve yourself to make it right yeah or do this crazy fad diet to make it right so not only are you is your body wrong and you should feel bad about it, but also you should harm yourself in trying to get your body correct. Right. And that's just such a harmful narrative because you're already starting out in a place of Mm self-hate and then they're asking you to do things that can only make yourself hate yourself more. Right. So it's, it's really quite toxic. It is. Unfortunately. It is quite toxic. And I remember, um, my mom would try different diets and I was I was a chubby child and so she would try a new diet and I and I would go along for the ride yeah, too. Same. So like we did Weight Watchers and we did some different like things that she would order through the mail and we would do that for a while and mm-hmm. I don't know. We tried all sorts of different things. And I know for my mom, at least, like, everything would always come from a place of so much love. Like, she only wanted me to be, to experience life the easiest possible. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's where it was coming from for her. I don't know that she ever, like, looked at my sister and I was like, oh, my God, they're so inadequate. We need to put, like, them on a diet from a place of, like, yeah, uh. I don't know, malice. It was never malice. It was always love. And I think it's important to acknowledge that my like my parents were trying the best they could with what they had. Right. Absolutely. I think my mom my mom also, she she felt like she wanted to feel better in her own skin. Mm-hmm. And I think because she didn't feel good in her skin. I think she could tell that I wasn't feeling the best in mine. Mm -hmm. And she wanted us both to just feel better. Yep. And I think that was also out of a place of love. Yeah. So childhood trauma can come from loving parents, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. 
<laughs> it can come from places of love and you can still love that your parents tried and dislike how that turned out for you right. and the impact that it's having on your life now. Like yeah. all of those perspectives are valid. Yeah. That's part of the holding duality for yeah. yourself is being able to acknowledge that you want to change things now and also wanting to like honor that your parents were doing the best that they can. Yeah. Um, I'm saying that from the perspective of I know my parents were doing the best that they can. I know other people have had other experiences. So for yeah. sure. Honoring everyone's truths here. Mm -hmm. So oh, I have distorted camera angles as oh a yes. I'm gonna drink some water quick though before I do that. You mean like this? Mm -hmm. Or like the go up to go down. Yeah. The, the duck face. Oh, I was never real into I duck know. face. No, I couldn't do it either. Uh, but my cam my camera. My sister and I were taking selfies before like forward facing cameras were a thing. Like oh, back yeah. in college yeah. on our digital camera. Oh yeah. Um, and we would always do the like go up and like to like get rid of the double chin oh, yeah, or whatever. Um or sometimes just to get my sister's shoes in the photo, which oh, I mean, yeah. always mattered to oh, her. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Beep the fit. Yes. Peep wow. the shoe. No, I liked it. Peep, Peep the, the fit. fit. Yeah. You sounded really cool. Oh, thanks. Well, that's because you have like preteen daughters. I have nothing keeping me relevant anymore because I don't have kids and I don't teach. So oh, yeah. I know fit is a word, but I haven't like used it very much. That's so okay. I I heard that and thanks. I was like, aw, thanks. I like it. Thank She's you. so cool. Lily would totally say I'm so cringe, but I we, mean, won't that's fine. we won't tell that's her. That's fine. Lily can think we're cringe. That's cool. That's okay. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, I definitely thought my parents were cringe. That's okay. So I think we're cute. It's okay. <laughs> oh, we can be cringe and cute. That's yeah. fine. I'm cringe okay with and that. Cute. That's <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> cringe and cute, the best millennial aesthetic. Yes. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it for sure. Okay. So Oh, I wrote down a little bullet point that says self-love felt like something I should have been able to do but couldn't achieve. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I would always hear about self-love and self-care and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Because yeah. I don't, like, I can give myself a manicure and that's nice and all, but, like, that's not really helping the, the inside. Yeah. And... A lot of it, I know, stemmed from giving my power away to other people. Yeah. Um, like in middle and high school, I was very much a go with the crowd, do whatever I could to like chameleon myself into a group to fit however I could, like, or however my parents could afford to keep me. I was mm. always sad that I didn't get the cool eighth grade silver backpack purse Oh, to fit in. I really wanted to fit in and have the silver backpack purse, but my mom wouldn't buy it for me. Oh, that's was, interesting. So I was, I, I was really trying to buy self-love by like attracting other people's okay. love and not really realizing that I can create that for myself. No one talking. Yeah. No one, no one 
explicitly teaches how to love yourself so you often enough <laughs> so you went so you went in trying to trying to blend in mm-hmm. i fully went the other way oh did you oh yeah i fully went the other way you were like fuck it i'm gonna stick out i was weird ass quirky girl i wore like two big ass men's watches on one hand oh, and like, i love that a thousand bracelets on another hand and like bright weird colors i would have admired the hell out of you and i was just weird i love that and like people were like you're weird and i was like thanks Mm -hmm. i was always friends with those people um i mean i did my own version of weird which was uh too much silver glitter eyeshadow oh yeah i absolutely (laughs) did that for sure I can remember one of my middle school friends, Katie, made fun of me because my mom taught me that your eyeshadow should go from like, um, li- like lash line to brow. Oh boy! Which, when you're doing a very neutral shade, great, love that. I did it with glitter silver. Beautiful. And Katie was like, "What are why? Like you're not supposed to do your makeup like that." And I was mortified because I thought I looked hella cool. I thought I looked so fucking cool. So I think that we should have one of our, somebody, somebody comment this in so that Kayla says yes. Uh, (laughs) That we should um, have like middle school dress up podcast day. Oh, that sounds amazing. Done. Sold. You did not need to talk to me about that. I'm like, what are you going to suggest that you think I'm going to say no? I'm up for whatever. I love that about you so much. You're my favorite. Thanks. You're my favorite too. I love that. Yeah, I'm into that. that. Okay. Uh, But also comment if you're into that. Yeah. Uh, Because she and I could just do that as like a slumber party on our own. Yeah. If if you're not along the journey. If you're not into it, then we'll just do it on our own. Yeah. So drop a comment on whether or not you're into that. You could dress up while you listen. And send us pictures. That would be really cute. I would love that so much. Same seas. Um, if you want to send us pictures, our email address is open. That's where you can send stories, pictures, yes. and like vibe with us. Mm-hmm. It's your soul welcome at gmail.com. So the title of the podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. <laughs> we would super love to hear from you. So you can email us or drop comments, whatever feels good to you. I just don't think you can comment pictures on like YouTube or podcast platforms. So yeah. So, so email them to us. Email us nice pictures. If you're a creepo listening to this, first of all, I love you. Welcome. And please <laughs> don't send us weird pictures of your body parts that we don't want to see. Yeah. Like, and, I support you in your self-love journey. <laughs> and also, send us nice pictures. Nice pictures. Non- Full of glitter. Non-nude pictures. Yeah? Does that cover it, do we think? Yeah. Well, I just realized that we were asking for pictures, and I wanted to specify <laughs> what we were manifesting yes, here. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's because I'm a creepo. Well, that or you've been sent creepo pictures and you just don't want them i don't want them yeah we don't want them Mm -mm. but we do want cute pictures so send us those 
Also, pets. Pictures of pets. Ooh, I'm into that. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Um, let's see. Let's look at our notes again. Oh, my next bullet point says, but oh. at some point. Oh, what? No, I just read it. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Pre-reacting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point, I couldn't continue to live life that way because I was in such a dark place. Mm-hmm. And live life that way, meaning that self-love was unachievable, that I was always dogging myself and in self-hate spirals. Because where that led me was down a path to that dark place where we do talk about self-harm and right. suicidal thoughts. Because... Having given my power away in middle school and high school to what other people thought of me, mm-hmm. I was in prime position to uh, get scooped up into a very abusive relationship um, and even more like torn from my sense of self mm-hmm. of who I could be and who I desired to be. And so I got so in that corner of hating myself that I was like, Spending my drives home from work, like, thinking of ways to kill myself. Yeah. And part of what saved me through that was the thought that teachers don't Mm self-harm. That's how – that's part of how I got myself to stop self-harming was when I became a teacher. I was like, you're taking on bigger responsibilities here. Teachers Mm -hmm. don't self-harm. Which I know is a lie. Like, they're – I made it a lie a few times myself. I know that there are other teachers out there with like mental health experiences that are very dark and very right. traumatizing. Um, but I, I lied to myself by saying that like that was not an option for right. me. And I think when I started refusing to engage in that behavior, my thoughts started to get a little meaner mm-hmm. because I wasn't allowing myself like an an external action. Mm-hmm. And then I hit the point with my thoughts where I was like, okay, well, these fucking thoughts are no longer an option because right. if I follow through on them, like uh, my my parents are going to have to find my dead body somewhere. Right. Okay. I'm really glad I gave a warning because yeah. I am getting really dark. Yeah. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you guys. Glad I gave the warning. Yeah. Um, and then when I was in a relationship with my husband, I was like, "It's on. It's not fair for me to make my husband find my dead body." Yeah. I was like, "I had a whole plan. I don't need to repeat it here." But anyway, the thoughts were so dark that I was like, "This has to stop. Like something has to give. Otherwise, it's going to be me." Um, and that's when I started trying to figure out how to get my house in order, right? Like how to get my self-love better. And my solutions at the very beginning were mostly found on like cute inspirational posts on Tumblr. Yeah. Of people being like, keep going, you're needed here. Yeah. Um, a lot of the messages that like the artist, the latest Kate, which yeah. I know you love, puts love. out currently. Yeah. Like those would have spoken to me very much back then. Yeah. Um, because my days were dark. And I know the latest Kate, like, like not sponsored. I just love the latest Kate. Um, 
she does a really good job of being like, you're needed here. You are valid. Like, I know today feels like a dark day. And also, you've gotten through all of your dark days before now. You can get yep. through this one, too. Yep. And so that's that's where my journey really started was on the uh, yeah late night 3 a.m. Tumblr scrolls yep. of trying to find other people who felt like I did. Absolutely. And that in turn led me to a path of like toxic positivity right where i was like ah my shit is so dark and twisty i must only focus on the positive and i recognize now in retrospect that that was like bypassing right like i was bypassing all of my thoughts to focus on only positive things which at the time felt like a lifeline mm -hmm. because if i could ignore all of the bad then I could focus on the good and highlight that and feel good. Mm -hmm. And then once I got good at teaching myself how to feel good mm -hmm. with like affirmations and eventually I read the book Train Your Brain by Dana Wilde. Okay. Um, which is written for like direct sales people, like multi-level marketing people. Oh, okay. Uh, because I sold Norwex for a hot minute. <laughs> I'm still technically a consultant because I love the product. Um, but I don't do parties or sell because that's not what brings me joy anymore. Um, but I stumbled across this book mm -hmm. that was about how to improve your mindset so that you felt confident like selling things okay and that is what really blew the lid off my like self-talk okay because she in that book goes through um the process of using but and yet oh yeah that's where i oh, learned yeah. the but yet yeah. um using the words but and yet to change your self-talk and we've got our next little topic coming up. Um, I think we. I skipped ahead. Yeah. Um, but let's take a look here at our next section, which is okay. all you need to do to shift into self-love. Because okay. that's kind of yeah, where yeah. I've led us yeah, to. Yeah, that's okay. Using but and yet yeah. in your self-talk to mm -hmm. turn things around. So if I have a thought like oh my God, I'm such a bad teacher, but I'm teaching myself to think that I'm a good teacher. Right. So tacking but onto the end of your dark thought can contradict and turn it into what you desire to think instead. Right. And yet also does that. Like, oh my God, I'm not good at this. Yet. Yet. <laughs> yet. Mm -hmm. So those were... Those were really the two things that, like, got me to stop bypassing my dark stuff mm -hmm. and to acknowledge, like, yes, that's a thought. And then we're going to turn it into this one instead. Right. And that was really helpful. Yeah. So helpful. Um, is there anything you want to speak on, Ashley, before we dive into these bullet points here? No. Okay. Well, then let's jump into our little bullet points for all you need to shift your self-love. Yes. Um, let's do Because the very first one that I wanted to speak to is the idea of suspending your disbelief. Yeah. Because when you've been 
patterned mm-hmm. to believe that you're unlovable, that right. you are undeserving of love, or that you need to hate yourself to be in relationship with yourself. You don't believe that self-love is possible. Right. Like it seems unachievable. It mm-hmm. seems like something for other people and for not you. Right. And the very first step is believing that it is possible somehow. Yeah, somehow. You you don't even need to suspend your disbelief with 100% of who you are. Like mm-hmm. all you need is a 51% majority yeah. to suspend your disbelief to allow 51% of yourself to believe. Yeah, maybe. And like – and your ratio might not even look like that to begin yeah. with because it did not for me. Um, I think that's more the ratio for like – stretch my leg. Sorry, y'all. Um, I think that's important to note that like that percentage does not always look 49-51. Yeah. Like, 49.51, when you're 51% majority, that's where you start, like, making, like, really great strides, right? Yeah. Like, you just start going the distance and making changes quickly. Right. Uh, but just elevate it from mm-hmm. 5% to 10%. Yes. From 10% to 25%. Mm-hmm. When you can start suspending your disbelief in favor of whatever little bit of belief that you can muster – then you are able to start turning the table for yourself. Mm-hmm. Just lean in just a little bit mm-hmm. and then a little bit more. Yes. Uh, we've got a bullet point on here that says taking one action at a time. And mm-hmm. I feel like that totally applies here. Yep. Like what's the next best decision that I can make to love myself a little bit more deeply today? Right. Or in this five minutes that I have to focus on self-love. Mm-hmm. Like what's the one next best thing that I can do? Mm-hmm. And I think that that can get you really far in this life in growing your self-love. Because if that's a consistent thought in the back of your mind Mm -hmm. every day is what little thing can I do for my self-love today, Mm -hmm. that begins to compound. Like that begins to exponentially grow your self-love the Mm -hmm. more you let yourself build that pattern Mm -hmm. of building self-love. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe make yourself a little post-it of what one little self-loving thing can I do today and put it on your bathroom mirror or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I put a bullet point on here that kind of links back into my my journey in therapy. Um, I went through dialectical behavior therapy. Uh, DBT. And I am no expert on DBT. Um, it's true. We are not medical we professionals. We are not medical here. professionals. Um, uh, I have been through many of the stages. I've been through uh, skills and um, process group and uh, stage three. I've been through, I've been through I've been through all that is offered in the area. I've been through them all. (laughs) Um, And I'm on the other side, living my life now. Uh, um, And it has been immensely, immensely helpful. Um, But one of the skills they teach you early, 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 early on is opposite to emotion action. Mm -hmm. And that is um, sometimes when you're having a really strong emotion 
and you're looking at the emotion and it's not really like making sense or fitting the facts or or it's not getting you the outcome that you want in the situation Mm -hmm. and it's something that you want to change it is literally do the opposite thing and it's hard it's hard guys to do the opposite thing when your emotions and your body is telling you not to right Will you re-explain that to make sure I understand it? <clears throat> so, like, if I am, um, for this is just a super for example, not related to yeah. the self love thing. Okay. Okay. So, if I come home and my son has left his snow boots. Because it has snowed beautifully. So much beautiful, beautiful, magical snow. And he's left his snow boots mm-hmm. covered in snow right inside the door. Not on a rug. Just right inside the door on the hardwood floor. And all of the snow is melting and making a big old puddle. Mm-hmm. And it's making a big mess. And I come in and I am frustrated. I'm angry. There's going to be a big mess on my floor. Mm-hmm. And he's nowhere to be found. And I am angry. Mm-hmm. And I holler for him and he's not coming, right? I could leave those there so I could prove a point. And I'm going to be angry. And I'm going to mm-hmm. go find him and I'm going to bring him out to the living room so I can show him these boots and I'm going to make him clean it up so I can teach him a lesson, right? Mm-hmm. Or opposite emotion action. I can take a breath. I'm aware that I'm angry. I can remember that he is nine years old or ten years old now. He's just had a birthday. <sighs> and he was probably really flipping cold when he got inside. And his job when he comes home is to let the dogs out and feed them right away. So he was probably coming in in a hurry to do his chore. Aww. And he has responsibilities. And he was probably in a hurry to do his responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. And I'm really proud of him for that. So so your I'm, action My then. action then is to take care of his boots and to wipe up the floor and put them over there. And later on, when I'm calm, I'm just going to say, hey, buddy, next time you come in, try to put your boots on the mat mm-hmm. so they don't make a big pile on the floor or big pile of water on the floor. So I can be real gentle with him. Get the point across. Hope for hope for better next time instead of releasing all my anger all over the place. Ooh, I love that. So it's I... just it's just a real pause. So like in regard to self-love, if I am in a real hating on myself kind of place, mm-hmm. I can choose put, the opposite yeah, emotion. I can put on a shirt that doesn't fit right, that maybe makes me feel not so beautiful. Right. And I can look at myself in the mirror and know that I'm going out tonight and I don't feel like I look very good. Mm-hmm. And I can get real down on myself and go and be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Or I can take that shirt off, put on a shirt I'm comfy in. Mm-hmm. 
And take that opposite emotion and And take that opposite emotion to action and be comfy and feel much better about myself. Choosing a piece of clothing that feels like loving for you. Yeah, feels loving and comforting and and make a better choice for me instead of going and trying to, you know what I mean, force myself out of my comfort zone or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'd rather be in my comfort zone. In, totally. in in comfort, feeling good about myself, mm-hmm. and then go out and have a good time. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. That's part of a lot of the teaching I feel like I do with mm-hmm. self-love and talking about duality and mm-hmm. like multiple things getting to be true at one time. Yeah. Because that sounds like, you know, you can – have these self-hating thoughts. No right. one's saying that that's not true. Right, right. Like your thoughts and your feelings of self-hate mm-hmm. are valid. Right. Like those are true things that human beings feel mm-hmm. and no one's saying to ignore them. Right. We're just saying, and also, yeah. here is the opposite of that emotion. Where can you find love for yourself? Yeah. Or how can you take a loving action right. to help yourself feel the love if yeah. you can't get there just on your own? Right. That's a really beautiful yeah. theory to learn about. Thank you for yeah, sharing that. Absolutely. Because I hadn't heard it phrased quite like that before. Yeah. I'd only heard it phrased as like the hippie spiritual like duality. Yeah. In right. Life. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of hippie dippy stuff in DBT. Sure. That is composed in a very, like, beautiful, logical way for understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both things get to be true. Yeah. Like, very scientific mental that health is, research. And that is literally the dialect mm-hmm. in DVT. It's dialectical. It is both sides. Yes. Love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. hmm Because I mostly come to mind for more of, like, a kundalini yoga, yeah. like... Mm-hmm. Which I'm super Let's interested. Start talking about energy work. And... Super interested in learning more yes. about. Like it has been popping up in all of my things, like oh. on Pinterest and on Facebook and on YouTube, so much more and more and more. And I'm like, oh, well, hello, universe, talk to me. Start following Ella Sang. Okay. Um, her business is called P.S. I'm Ella. On oh, Facebook. that's cute. Uh, she is my Kundalini okay. yoga mentor. Okay. She's fucking amazing. All right. She's also not sponsoring this. I just love her so much. Okay. Um, Because she and I were friends even before I started learning Kundalini from her. Okay. And now I've drunk the Kool-Aid. Mm. <laughs> now I'm fully here for it. So uh, I think she's got a free group on Facebook called the Truth Alchemy Collective. Okay. Um, So I highly recommend. All right. She's I'm going to look into it. Hey-o. And maybe you should too if you were interested. I mean, yes. I totally recommend it. Okay. So if you're looking for a spiritual ride for your yoga practice, oh my God, it feels so good. <laughs> so good. Awesome. Okay. Uh, next thing I wanted to talk about was another thing that you can do to jumpstart your self-love mm-hmm. if you're feeling like you're in a place where it's broken, mm-hmm. which is modeling other people's behavior. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this a little bit last episode when I mentioned that like, putting stickers on myself metaphor. Um, Like you're essentially just looking around you at people who are doing self-love well. Who are the people that you admire how they love on themselves or Mm -hmm. how they care for themselves? And 
what specifically are they doing strategy wise to get themselves there? Mm-hmm. So like everyone has a deep and intimate story. So if there's someone that you know mm-hmm. that you can take out for coffee to ask them how they right. got from A to B, mm-hmm. then you can model that behavior right. and also do that thing. Absolutely. Because there's a really big difference between modeling and like the fake it till you make it idea. Yes, absolutely. Because fake it till you make it automatically sets you up for some level of non-success. Right. Because you're calling it fake. Right. You're automatically like alienating yourself from mm-hmm. the ideal that that could be yours. It could belong to you. And you're saying that I'm not good enough to even display this behavior. I have to fake display right. it. And... <sighs> This is where I get to be like such a big nerd about neurolinguistic programming because okay. the linguistics that you use with your own brain mm-hmm. matter so much. Okay. So fake it till you make it sets you up for failure. Okay. Which if you go to like <laughs> original Braveheart open mind blogs, if you go back in the archives, I definitely wrote a blog past blog, blog past blog past? post. Oh, past <laughs> blog post. <laughs> yeah, that one <laughs> about faking it till you make it and I have learned to change my perspective on that because modeling is so much more of a achievable and positive way to look at learning how to love yourself because modeling only asks you to observe a behavior that you enjoy someone else displaying Mm -hmm. and then asking yourself how can I display that okay and then doing the best that you can to do that. Yeah. And like you can learn any skill with modeling. Yeah. It might not feel comfortable at first, but when you first pick up like oil pastels, you might not be amazing at it at yeah. first. When you first start learning how to like play the violin or I don't know, get into roller derby. What, yeah. <laughs> whatever new habit or practice, you're not always the best at it at first. And that feeling can be uncomfortable right and then you can model those like compassionate self-talk techniques of but and yet yeah when you're modeling like I'm so bad at this but I'm learning to be better and better every day Mm -hmm. so when you pick those behaviors to model whatever it is maybe it's someone you really admire who like meditates every morning and you admire that behavior Then when you sit down to meditate and you're like, ugh, I'm no good at this. Yeah. But I'm enjoying this practice or I am engaging in this practice to become better. Right. Or I suck at meditation. But I'm learning to do it better. I was trying to do a yet example, but I just did another but one. Um, Or I'm no good at meditation yet. That that was not my most stunning example. Sorry, y'all. By the way, those are all things that I have said at the beginning of trying to meditate. Uh, They were all things that I said at the beginning of trying to meditate. Because everyone thinks that meditation is like this. Like peaceful, Mm. quiet. Like you don't have any thoughts in your head. No. But like when you first start meditating, like that is not true. You have all sorts of shit in your head. The a rush like rush. your grocery brain. list brain. like why is it quiet what's that noise mm-hmm. like That's this it. is so dumb what am i doing later with ashley like yeah. 
I didn't realize my refrigerator was so loud. Is mm-hmm. that the ice machine? What's my dog doing? Always, what's yeah. my dog what's doing? What's my dog doing? Why is it so quiet? Mm-hmm. That's suspicious. Are my kids okay? Like, are they are they conspiring right now? Yes. Why are they so quiet? I should get up and check on them. Mm-hmm. So all of those thoughts are so normal to have at the beginning of a meditation journey. Like, yeah. They just are because we're human beings who think. Yeah. So, of course, you're going to have thoughts. We just have this unrealistic expectation of, like, what meditation looks like for, like, people who have been practicing for a fucking decade. Yeah. Like, that's just not how it looks like at the beginning. For sure. But Hollywood likes to portray it like that. Yeah. And I think we talked – I think we have a bullet point down a little bit further about it. (gasps) Look at that. We're so prepared. Let's see. Our next segment is called What Self-Love Can Look Like. And Ashley has gentle acceptance. Did you want me to scroll down to look for that other bullet point? No, I guess we we don't have to do that. No, that's totally fine. Okay, well, let's 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 stick with the order. All right. Well, we can good. circle back to meditation if we find that bullet point later. Yeah. Weird. We totally can. Oh yeah. So what self-love can look like? I said it looks like gentle acceptance for me mm-hmm. and like celebration of the parts of me that bring me joy. Absolutely. Um, I am a, I am a pretty silly kind of, uh, what did I say earlier? Goofy goober uh, <laughs> is the words that I used earlier. Um, but celebration of the parts of me that bring me joy, even if they are silly or especially if they are silly uh, to others. Um I usually uh, really like to celebrate those things. Um, I love that you like to celebrate your silly. Yeah. Because silly to me, I think when I was in a dark place, was a way for me to put myself down. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm so silly. So I love that your connotation of being silly, you're like, I'm going to celebrate it. Absolutely. But for the longest time, for the longest time, it was the same way. For the longest time, it was black pants and a dark shirt Mm -hmm. and me quietly brooding in a corner yeah like I literally made one of my handles for like AOL or like Zanga or something like that was just a silly girl oh I love it Mm, it was me putting myself down oh no I I didn't super realize it at the time but like when you think about the rhetoric of just Just. a silly girl like pants Kayla Kayla. I love you. I love You're so you. much more than just a silly girl. Silly, silly girl. And and then. And, and then also and a then total also, fucking badass. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. She wasn't prepared to listen to that. But no. we. Yeah. We've changed. We've shifted. We've transformed. Absolutely. And at first it, it, it happened for me kind of, you know, in, in short waves, I think, of finding myself again. Um. Because in middle school, I was that weird, quirky girl. And, like, mm-hmm. my freshman year of high school, I was the weird, quirky girl. And then I – maybe my sophomore year, I don't remember. I started um, – I got myself one of those boyfriends who <laughs> was uh, no good for me. Oh, that's right. You told me about yeah, that. Yeah. It was not a good situation at all. Didn't you say that you kept dating him so that he wouldn't date any of your friends because <clears throat> you knew how big of a jerk he was? Yeah. So I had a lot of – a lot of my friends were also interested in mm-hmm. him at the same time and like, but it turns out he was 
really um, emotionally and also physically abusive. Mm-hmm. And um, once I found that out, I kind of didn't want to like break up with him because I knew that uh, he'd just do it to one of your friends. He would just do it to one of my friends. That is so heartbreaking. And I didn't want that for any of them. Like I figured, well, I can deal like i'll just deal like he's gonna sweet graduate high school ashley was so sweet it, it, it just was what it was anyway so like that's kind of when i started like turning in on myself mm-hmm. and started like muted colors and started really getting into my emo face right mm-hmm. um and then i went to college and then i basically went from college to marriage and um then got divorced and started finding myself again and and started wearing you know bright colors and hot pink roses yes absolutely i feel like this is dark for me actually this is like one of the that dark, is one my, of the darker, darker things, things i've seen you in. i'm wearing bright green pants hey, so there is that um uh i just i just started you know putting color back in my wardrobe i dyed my hair it's really faded right now but i put color in my hair and i've had color in my hair for like I don't know, 10 years now. Oh, I, I love I that. I doing it. I just slowly kind celebrated of celebrated parts of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. you in hidden in darkness. Yep. Coming to the light. <laughs> Coming to the light. <laughs> you deserve to be here. Thank you. I'm happy and so much happier with all of my bright crazy clothes and my Mm -hmm. colored hair even though my dad does not like my hair well dads do dads 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 be like that dads Dads be be like like that that. (laughs) dads do be like that (laughs) sometimes okay so then I put what self-love can look like for me. Self-like. Self-like. I mean, self-like is also a thing. Yeah. But (laughs) self-love looks like a radical commitment to loving all parts of me, even the ones that I'm very tempted to dislike, hate, push away, or avoid. And that's what self-love looks like to me right now. Yeah. So I spent so long avoiding feeling anger because when I was a kid anytime I was angry like I would have to like go to time out or like be alone mm-hmm. somehow and so it taught me to try and ignore my anger right which really only makes it bottle up and explode and then I would get into more trouble right it, little kid Kayla did not know how to grapple with that yeah so even as an adult I'm really tempted to ignore my anger or mm-hmm. ignore my sadness because it's no one wants to feel sad. Yeah, but we all do. But we all so do. So even those emotions that I'm really tempted to ignore, I've started actively choosing to engage with them. Good. And actively giving myself space to feel them. Good. For example, like if I get sad after hanging out with my dad who suffered a traumatic brain injury from a stroke seven years yeah. ago, 
um, sometimes all be sad. Yeah. And I wouldn't let myself feel it. I would just tuck it away. But now that I'm letting myself feel through things, like mm-hmm. I'll just drive to the park right next to my house and sit in my car and cry before yeah. I go home and give myself time to process, time to be with myself. Yeah. Where I feel like I'm not bringing it home to my husband yeah or like maybe if you're listening if you don't want to like bring it home to your kids or whatever it it can be so nice to just pull over for five to ten minutes yeah. and be with yourself let yourself feel through it mm-hmm. and then go home yeah. and be be the strong person right because i feel like i definitely have boxed myself in in the past in that narrative of like being strong for other people right um i think especially when my dad had a stroke because my mom definitely needed my sister and i to be strong for her and strong is all well and good until it is leading you to like bottle things up so i think giving myself space to feel has been really helpful in helping me Love all parts of myself. Absolutely. Because when you are shoving those emotions down, what you're doing is you're essentially telling the sad part of you or the angry part of you, like, fuck you. I don't want to feel you right now. Go away. Yeah. Like, fuck off and go away. Yeah. And that can only contribute to self-hate. When you are telling parts of yourself to, to, like, not right now. Yeah. Like, you're essentially shaming yourself yeah for being a human being yes yeah and even if you give yourself time to feel those feelings Mm -hmm. which is definitely good and you go home that doesn't mean that feeling is gone oh yeah it can totally circle back around right it just gives you time to process some of those Mm-hmm. really raw feelings mm-hmm. which is important to really sit there and feel those what's super important about it is that like physiologically we as humans have a need in our body to process our emotions there's oh i'm i forget her name there's this um psychologist who talks a lot about the idea that Emotions are only supposed to last 90 seconds. Oh, wow. From a purely physiological standpoint. For your body, emotions are only supposed to last 90 seconds. Wow. When we start telling ourselves stories about those emotions, when you add in the like the the mental part and the like relationship part that humans have together, that's when emotions start like extending themselves. Mm -hmm. But if you allow your body that pure 90 seconds of feeling, Mm -hmm. then those emotions don't get trapped in your body. So while they may circle back around and you may re-experience that emotion about a specific scenario or occurrence, it's not an emotion that is stuck in your body. Right. Because those stuck emotions are where energy work is so helpful in like getting those emotions back out because that's how we store trauma in our bodies. Right. And I I had a lot of stored emotions and a lot of work to go through. Um, and I did a lot of EMDR and mm-hmm. brain spotting to actually process through a lot of my stuck Absolutely. things. Um, and that's a lot of work. It's so a lot of work. Worth it. 
worth it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely worth it. If you feel like you have any anything stuck, I absolutely 1000% recommend looking into either of those options mm-hmm. because they are amazingly helpful. But absolutely. Um, and if you are perhaps a person who like can't afford therapy yeah. and do EMDR, maybe you can um, buy this book I'm about to say or like get it from your library. It's called The Emotion Code. Oh, yeah. And it speaks very much to trapped emotions in your body and how you can release those for yourself. Yeah. Or you can perhaps find Kundalini yoga practices um, for yourself on YouTube. Or I know Ella, who I mentioned earlier, has a bunch of free ones in her free Facebook group. Cool. So those can be very beneficial or just giving your body something physical to do with the intention of helping to release stored emotions. Yes. Your intention matters so much. Mm -hmm. So if you just put on some like music that's going to get you in your feels and like you dance, that can help you release your emotions. Dance that ish out of there. (laughs) I know like my cousin and my sister have mentioned sometimes like, watching sad movies to get Mm -hmm. themselves in their feels so that you make yourself cry so that your body is releasing emotions oh yeah my roomie and i did that in college for sure Mm -hmm. uh armageddon anyone (laughs) oh my god i feel like i've blocked most of armageddon out just so i don't have to think about how sad it is we would watch that and just like sob like ugly cry full on because we needed to See, we even knew back then. Yeah, it's true. Heather, Sometimes you and I, those... we were on it. <laughs> you and we Heather, it. you knew what was up. We knew what was up. So, like, humans even intuitively know how to help themselves process emotions. It just gets to, like, increase your speed when you're doing it on purpose. Yeah. And not just, not only just intuitively, yeah. but also by choice. I think that can be really helpful and impactful. Yeah, absolutely. Um Oh, I I have a bullet point saying that me engaging in the parts of me that I'm tempted to avoid was not an immediate step on my path. Like yes. that was not immediately achievable. Um I'm hoping that in this episode we're covering kind of the full spectrum of what self-love can look like from beginning right. to like super advanced. Yes. Um it's a journey, my it's friends. It's totally a journey. A long and it can be a long one. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it can be as simple as just asking yourself, how can I deepen my self-intimacy today? Right. I say a lot for Braveheart Open Mind, my self-love studio, that self-love is self-intimacy in action. So how can I be more intimate with myself today? Right. Maybe that's a self-pleasure practice. Maybe that's a Ooh. moment of just breathing deep for 30 seconds in your car. What is one thing that you can do to deepen your self-intimacy today? And I would love to hear from you guys in the comments, like, what do you do to deepen your self-intimacy? What are your practices already for self-love? Because we're building this beautiful community here. So if something that you have to say that you do for yourself might help someone else or help us or create that sense of we've got each other's backs Mm -hmm. here at Your Soul Welcome, I would 
freaking love that. Absolutely. So I, yeah, we invite you guys to share. Please, please do. Uh, any of your nuggets of wisdom on this topic, please leave them in the comments yes, below. For sure. Or if you would rather be like more anonymous, you could email them to us and yes. we could maybe share them on a later show. Yes. If you do email them to us and you do want to remain anonymous, please just let us know in the email that yes. you would like to be anonymous. Yeah. Put anonymous in it. Um, It would also be helpful if you left your pronouns for us yes. so that we know how to refer to you. Thanks so much. Yay. Um, Some other, do you want to talk about some more? other strategies are we there yes i think so yeah oh yeah because we covered those bullet points so mm -hmm. other strategies for self-love i think that's our final section yay um so go for it the first one's yours cheeky boo no it was not oh no okay that, i can talk about that one too it's called celebration list i don't even know what that means oh i thought that was yours because you were talking about celebrating yourself earlier um it's essentially <laughs> celebrating yourself but like writing it down in a journal or like voice note recording like i'm proud of myself today for xyz cool i like it yeah it's just a list of things to celebrate about yourself and if you want to like continue writing a big long list so that you can read that list when you're in a dark spirally moment i totally recommend doing that um for a while, I, I would just have, like, that. a list of things I knew were true about myself, like, true and beautiful about myself. And I would just, like, read that list and be like, yes. You know, mm -hmm. there is a thing that is out there that I've seen a lot, like, these um awesome – I've seen a lot of awesome, like, adulting stickers or, like, mm -hmm. a you did it stickers. Yeah. I think I might make some, like, blank Ooh. celebration I like that. Stickers. That you can, like, make your own. I'm into it. So, like, you can color them and, like, write what you're celebrating for yourself on them. That's so cute. I'm going to do that. that. I think I'm going to do that. What a good idea. Keep, an eye, keep an eye out on uh, fabledesignsbyashley.com, which is a real <laughs> thing now because my website is legit. I know. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> she, like, just got it launched and it's super exciting. Self-plug. <laughs> I mean, it is your podcast, so here's the place to do it. Yeah. It's not like I haven't mentioned Braveheart Open yeah, Mind yeah. like thrice okay. probably that's this episode. Okay. I think that's just a hazard of being an entrepreneur who freaking yeah. loves what you do. Yes, absolutely. Just loves. Like, the plugs just come because yeah. you're so excited about yes. it. Yes. <laughs> that and, like, all of the things that I feel like we're doing, like, continue to inspire it's true it's very cyclical other things that we're doing so. yes which is amazing creating collective community whoop, whoop. <gasps> oh. <laughs> uh the next thing i put is journaling gratitude for self so like doing gratitude journaling but mm -hmm. about you so yes please be grateful for like all the things in your life and also from a self-love perspective, talking about what you're grateful for for yourself, like you might say, I'm grateful that I'm such a supportive mom to my mm -hmm. kids. I might say something like, I'm grateful that I choose to love my husband every single day, no yes. matter what goes on in our lives. Like, I'm grateful that that is a choice that I am making for our lives together. Absolutely. That's beautiful. For sure. And like, I'm grateful that I do things like make myself tea and 
put myself into bed for a nap or a meditation session, yes. whichever one happens when I close my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm grateful that I do those things for myself. Yes, absolutely. Along with that uh, journaling gratitude for self, mm-hmm. um, I do uh, gratitude art journaling. Uh, yes, you with, are doing that. With a lovely group of people on Monday nights at the lovely my lovely friend Luba's art studio um in Papillion. Love that. Um and it is like the best way to s- start a week on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. Like now I'm looking forward to Mondays. What is that? I love best that. idea ever. Um and this week uh I was journaling and and I was gratitude for for self it was um what i i drew like some bricks my the thing i was focusing on was um like i am the architect mm. of my life right oh i love that and yes you so are i i did some bricks and and these little twirly like beautiful little globe like things and yes. it was just it was wonderful so even if you're not into the journaling and just writing things, you can always make it some art. Mm-hmm. For sure. Or I always like just saying things out loud to myself too, because sometimes it helps to hear them. Yes, for sure. So do do some sort of yeah. gratitude practice that works for you Absolutely. and how you enjoy processing information. Mm-hmm. For sure, Zs. Love it. Maybe that's just getting together with a friend and like you each holding each other accountable for what you're grateful for for yourselves. Yeah. And maybe so cute, like what you're grateful for in the other person. That could be so cute too. I mean, that's more of like an external validation than like an internal one, but still a really beautiful practice. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We also have singing and dancing parties. (gasps) Ah! I constantly make little playlists for myself on Spotify and I just do like, I call it wild embodiment dancing because I'm just in my body doing whatever the F comes to mind. Like just letting my body move me instead of me moving my body. So I'm not so much thinking about like cool choreography that I want to try. I'm just like dancing like a total weirdo. I love that. I'm, I call, I call myself that, um, Kermit the Frog dancing gif, like the slow one where he's just like slowly waving his like skinny noodle arms. If you've seen the gif, you know what I'm talking about. And that's basically me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Absolutely. Um, Oh, we wrote down a bunch of like music that we listen to that gets us in the self-love mood. Lizzo, obviously. 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 Um, And then I also listen to groups like Beautiful Chorus or DJ Taz Rashid. I've got Maria Stark, Fia, Alexa Sunshine Rose, Aquanimous, and a lot of Pink's newer songs are very, like, badass and bold. Yes, for sure. Self-emboldening. Absolutely. Um, So my music choices quirky af <laughs> uh, and it's constantly changing um a few staples though are harry styles um frank sinatra of course i like a lot of old school music um 
I like A Fine Frenzy a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful. Um, and I listen to like a lot of chill hop, lo-fi. lo-fi. Yeah. Just kind of like bopping. Bopping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cozy coffee house. Yeah. Like YouTube yeah. videos. Yes, yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. So anything that puts you in a good mood that's vibing for you, mm-hmm. do that thing. Choose that thing for yeah. you. Maybe that's your answer when you ask yourself, what is one way I can deepen my self-intimacy today? Mm-hmm. And then our last bullet point as a suggestion for how you can in- be engaging in self-love circles back to that compassionate self-talk idea. Yes. So we talked about but and yet already to help you um, mm-hmm. be in relationship with your thoughts in a way that is more compassionate. Mm-hmm. What we didn't talk about is how do you listen to your thoughts first? Yeah. Because that's the first step uh, before being able to use button yet. You have to train yourself to not just be your thoughts, but to be the observer right. of your thoughts. Yes. How can you take yourself like one step removed mm-hmm. so that you are not just thinking the thoughts, but you're thinking about how those thoughts are showing up in your head. Right. You're looking at them. You're observing them. Mm-hmm. You... Ashley said that you have a good metaphor for this that you learned in therapy. Yes, that is that I am the I am riding on the train. I am sitting in the in the comfy little train and my thoughts are all on the outside, right? They're my thoughts are the beautiful countryside. And I am Or ri- the dark and twisty. Or the dark and twisty jungle. You don't know where your train is. Okay. But you are safely in the train and the train is moving. Mm-hmm. Because the train just moves. And and your thoughts are on the outside of the train. And the train's moving and you're looking out there. And, oh, look, there's the dog making the noise. What's that thought? Oh, that is the thought that I forgot to buy my mom a birthday present. Oh, I'm the worst daughter ever. But, oh, look, oh, here comes the next one. And it's whatever the next one is. Mm-hmm. And it's just you're just seeing it and it's moving. And you're seeing the next one, and here it comes, and there it goes. And the next one, here it comes, and there it goes. And you're just riding the train. You're just looking at what your true thoughts are. Yeah. Um, You're not getting out of the train to dwell or go investigate any of these things. mm -hmm. You're not necessarily judging the thoughts. Yeah. You're just observing what is true. Right. And then... When you get used to being that observer of your thoughts, then when you hear that, you hear yourself say that thought of, I'm the worst daughter ever. Right. You can then deploy your butt and your yet, yeah, however it fits. Like, but I'm learning to not say things like that to myself anymore. Yeah. I'm learning to say nicer things like, I am a daughter who is growing. Right. Or I am a daughter who's doing the best that she can. Yep. So you can, yeah, deploy those techniques we talked about once you learn to be that sweet observer Mm -hmm. of your thoughts or that neutral observer. Mm -hmm. The thought train also helped me a ton when I started meditating too because I would get stuck on all of the thoughts that were coming in. Mm -hmm. And so just closing my eyes and staying on the train. I love that. That's such a good metaphor for it. It just helps a lot. Mm -hmm. 
And then the last one that we have for engaging in compassionate self-talk mm. is – could be a whole episode on its own. Um, it's what I call the peace talks method, which is where you are witnessing those very, like, unkind or cruel-sounding thoughts and trying to determine, like, the deeper intention behind that thought. Yeah. Because what is true is that those thoughts that you have are coming from your inner child. And again, inner child work could be a whole separate episode. Right. So you can know that it's true that those thoughts are coming from your inner child. And so then you're just essentially asking yourself, like, what is my inner child trying to tell me here? What is her highest intention for right. me or most loving intention for me? And if you want to know more about that technique, the Peace Talks Method, I've got videos about it over on my Braveheart Open Mind channel that you can go and listen to. I've got one that talks about like how to engage within your with your fear in a way that is compassionate and loving, how to engage in your with your imposter syndrome in a way that is compassionate and loving. And it's more of like an advanced one. It is one that asks you to talk to your like deep, dark shadow thoughts like you're a fucking hideous cow person or you're the laziest amoeba who never does anything right. Those those are my kind of thoughts that I uh, used to have quite a lot. But not so much anymore because yes. you've had the peace talks with those. Yes. The peace talks <sighs> method is super duper helpful so i really suggest you go to check those out yeah yeah i think it is super helpful that's good i mean i knew that you knew that what it was i didn't know if you were like using it on the regular or not no i i think it is super duper helpful because it's essentially just teaching you think about it like as like high stakes political negotiation right like two people can't agree to a treaty they can't agree to a ceasefire until they understand each other right. and can agree on something right. and so the peace talks method essentially asks you to find some sort of agreement between the you that hates that thought you just thought thunk thunk <laughs> <laughs> between the you that like hates that thought that you just thought <laughs> yep there it is. The problem is that thunk is just a better word. It really is. <laughs> I like it. And the the you, the inner child you that somehow originated this cruel thought. Mm -hmm. Like it's finding common ground between you and your inner four-year-old or your inner seven-year-old. And there's so much peace to be found there. Just like there is peace to be found in creating a treaty between countries or yeah. agreeing to a ceasefire like there is so much peace that can grow and so much self-love that can grow from that peace so if you are into it go watch those other videos they i highly recommend it not just because they're videos that i made but because it, it's fucking life-changing as a practice i did not make the videos and i also highly <laughs> recommend them Thanks. You're welcome. So that is what we have for you today, you guys, on yes. the idea of how can you fix your broken self-love yes. or how can you begin to imagine fixing self-love that feels like it doesn't exist yes. yet. Yes. So I hope that has been so beneficial for you guys. Please comment anything yes. that you have on how do you fix your broken self-love that might help someone else mm -hmm. 
and my voice is going to go. So I'm going to take a drink real quick. Yes. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts or um, any commentary or questions or any of those beautiful little nuggets of wisdom. <clears throat> I'm here for wisdom them. and love. Yes. I love it. Okay. I will let you close things out because my voice is um, being weird and I don't want to have a All cough right. attack. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. And we hope to see you back next week. Mwah! Love you. Bye. Mwah! Love you.